Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artists and food makers, farmers, authors and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious. A very good weekend to you food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Food is life. Create and savor yours. If you could sit down and dish in anyone's kitchen, whose would it be? I have a secret culinary crush on Jose Andres, but he knows it. And I have had the privilege of sharing his passion and insight on the radio. I am delighted to share my table with you, and I welcome you to my kitchen. The delicious conversation starts right here and right now. This is our culinary playground where every weekend you will hear from artisans and experts, visionaries and passionate food lovers, and so much more. They share tips and tricks and techniques to help you cook like a chef and bake like a pro. We also talk trends and travel, mixology and wine pairings. It is my goal to feed your soul, so I hope you'll tune in every weekend. I have almost 20 blessed years here on the radio, and I really do believe that cooking so many different kinds of food is a little bit like learning different languages. Being a chef has taught me a lot about people and cultures. It's given me a very dramatic and a very humble position to cook for and love and care for people in many different settings. It teaches me to respect the planet and all of its ingredients. And I continue to thrive on discovery and take on challenges and find poetry in moments because I believe the art is in the details. And I hope that you do too. I hope that your plate is graced with a bounty of delicious things and that you gather with family and friends. And I hope that this show is an inspiration for you for just that. So welcome. There is so much fabulous food in your radio today, and I can't wait to share it. I'm always serving up seconds, of course, at chefjamie.com, where you'll find thousands of free recipes. And on social media, I hope you'll become a friend and a fan for my daily dish, often gluttonous, at Chef Jamie Gwen. All right, here goes. I like to kick off the start of this show, as I have for so many years, with a tutorial of sorts to make you the best cook you know. And if you know me, then you know I love fall. I love fall for so many reasons. Uh, If you live in a place where the seasons change and the leaves fall to the ground in glorious, bright sunset colors, as I call them, Will you invite me over? Here in Southern California, during the fall, I embrace apples and apple cider and the richness of maple syrup. And I love the upcoming food feasts, of course. And I think we should take a moment to honor parsnips because I love parsnips. They're actually a root vegetable that I think to many doesn't sound exciting. They're today with the bevy of carrots available, often confused with a white carrot, but they are absolutely delicious. And especially this season when you're making soups and stews because they add this lovely sweet note. I was first introduced to parsnips as a very little girl because my mother made Jewish chicken soup, which she still does today, the best of any I've had. And she always peeled and chopped a parsnip or two, or when I became older uh, and 
would only eat the parsnips from the broth. <laughs> she, she would peel and chop four or five to go along with the carrots, of course. Uh, they are delicious boiled and they are lovely mashed. And when you puree them to that creamy, delicious texture, uh, they're just phenomenal. You can simply roast them along with your other favorite veg with olive oil, salt, and pepper, and you get something unique and different. Now, by looking at them, as I mentioned, you can mistake them for white carrots, although parsnips tend to run far larger. But there is not a better time than right now to buy them and eat them. So if they're new to you, or maybe they make a regular appearance on your dinner table, here is everything you need to know about buying and storing, and most importantly cooking parsnips. Now, parsnips are a cream-colored, tapered, winter root vegetable. They are native to Europe, and they made their way to North America during the 19th century. And they have a wide variety of vitamins, minerals, and nutrients. They're really big on fiber. They're brilliant with potassium. They're high in vitamin C. And they belong to the same plant family as celery. They have a nutrient called falcarinol which acts as an anti-inflammatory and an antioxidant nutrient. And they have a wonderfully complex taste. They're sweet, but they contain more starch than a carrot, for instance. And so they have this earthy, nutty flavor uh, that I just can't get enough of. Now, you can find them year-round, but the peak season starts now. They're really absolutely at their best as the weather starts to get colder. And the starch in the vegetable actually turns to sugar. So I always suggest that you look for small to medium roots. You want an ivory color that's pure and a firm texture. If you find parsnips that are soft or shriveled or have blemishes, those are aging or they haven't been held or stored properly. The larger parsnips tend to be very fibrous and they have this tough woody core. The smaller ones are more tender and sweeter for sure. And like other root vegetables, parsnips actually have a really lengthy shelf life. So you can store them in the refrigerator for quite some time. I tend to do that. I get excited to buy parsnips and then I forget they're there. And in fact, just recently I posted on social media a recipe for parsnip and pear puree uh, that I've made for years and years and years. And it's always to my delight to find them in the produce bin. Um, And just recently my son has taken to them and he loves them as well. So... It's in the family. Uh, Parsnips are typically always eaten cooked. They can be eaten raw. It's not very common though. And most of the flavor is right below the skin. So you oftentimes, if they're pretty clean, you can give them a good scrubbing rather than peel too much of the outer layer. And they do oxidize when exposed to air, similar to apples. Um, So they will change color. So if you're planning to use them, let's say for a root vegetable roast, uh, as a side dish to your Thanksgiving, you would want to soak them in lemon water if you don't plan to cook them right away. And as for cooking, there is no shortage of ways to prepare parsnips from breakfast to dinner, uh, if you love them as much as I do. For breakfast, you could make parsnip hash browns. You shred the parsnip alongside the potato, of course, and grate it into this delicious breakfast hash. And it adds lovely sweetness. And then um, I like bacon and a poached egg and blistered cherry tomatoes on top. Have I made you hungry yet? Uh, As a starter course for lunch or dinner, 
I love a creamy parsnip soup. I have a recipe posted at chefjamie.com. It's really mellow. It has this luxurious mouth feel. And I like to finish it with a shaved apple and fennel salad, or I'll serve it in a little espresso or demi-tasse cup as um, just a, a... like a quick hors d'oeuvre with cocktails uh, because it's just a taste and you can always put tiny little brioche croutons or crispy bacon on top. Last but not least, if you have not made air fryer parsnip chips, you are missing out because it is the greatest vegan snack. They're crunchy and salty and they work great in the air fryer. You literally use a vegetable peeler or a mandolin slicer to get thin strips of parsnip. You toss them in a little olive oil, salt, and pepper, and you cook them at the highest temperature level that your air fryer will allow. You'll uh, season them just whatever way you like. You could do smoked paprika and cumin if you wanted to gild the lily. Um, Until they're crispy, uh, you'll air fry them tossing every once in a while. And they they do air fry a little while to dry out, but they're just so delicious. If you're looking for more parsnip inspiration or can't find a recipe aforementioned, please email me because I'd love to dish with you. Jamie, J-A-M-I-E at chefjamie.com. All right. When I talk about sitting down in the kitchen with uh, my most favorites, I have to tell you this next conversation is in the books as one that I can't wait for. I think all of us are desperate to get away, right? Uh, After stay-at-home orders and quarantines and otherwise. And I am a Nat Geo fan. So if you want to spend the perfect weekend, whether you travel near or far, it's time to pack your bags. Allison Johnson, senior editor for National Geographic, is here And we are celebrating the release and igniting your wonderlust with National Geographic's 1,000 Perfect Weekends, the new release. We are going to eat, drink, sip, and savor the world right after this. Travel buffs, you won't want to miss it. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Be right back. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Seriously, who doesn't want to get away right about now? After more than a year of stay-at-home orders and quarantines and just in time for the holidays, National Geographic is bringing back Wonderlust with the release of a new photography-driven book entitled 1,000 Perfect Weekends. I have to tell you, I have been exploring and escaping for the last few days since this absolutely beautiful and brilliant book graced my desk. It is the ultimate opportunity to plan your next glorious travel. Whether you're interested in discovering a new destination or revisiting a familiar location where you remember the spaghetti carbonara being just brilliant, 
This is the most beautiful compilation of travel information and inspiration to spark your curiosity again to explore with these beautiful, alluring images and travel ideas and chock full of fabulous food loving places to go. I am delighted to have Allison Johnson, the senior editor for National Geographic Books, joining us live. She publishes photography books and travel cookbooks as well, and previously was at the helm as the lifestyle editor of Everyday Rachel Ray magazine. I'm very glad to have you, Allison. Welcome. And what an extraordinary work of art. Congratulations. Kudos to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so glad you've been enjoying the book already. It's really been a work of love putting this together and we're really excited about it. I can only imagine. And everyone I talk to, and you know, my world is filled with food lovers. We're all (laughs) craving, and I use the word intentionally, the food halls and the street food and the places that we know and love. But also I think that Uh, I would like to say everyone, you know, those that feel safe to travel now are really looking to explore because we've been limited to places we haven't been before. And so I wonder, where do you start when you're planning a perfect weekend getaway? You know, I think there's a few avenues of where we're starting. And that's kind of how we looked at this book. The first is a perfect weekend getaway can be close to home. We wanted to provide enough getaways that were two, three, four hours either by car or plane from your backyard so that you can get there quickly and easily, but then they still have plenty to do, see, and eat throughout your vacation destination. But the other perfect weekend that we wanted to incorporate in this book is for people who are able to travel internationally. Sometimes you have that extra two or three days for in your trip that you haven't planned anything for. Hmm. And if you're going somewhere, if you're taking that long eight or longer hour flight, you want to get as much out of your trip as possible. So a perfect weekend could be tacking on to a longer vacation as well, hopping over to a different city or taking a road trip around a different part of the country that you're in and exploring that avenue as well as a perfect weekend if you have the time and energy to go a bit farther afield. Yeah, definitely so. Like I read, I've literally read page by page of your book. (laughs) And I think about like a quick two-day excursion away from my son, right? As as much Mm -hmm. as I can get away. But then the definition of a long weekend, right? Because if if you're going to uh, visit and take a foodie tour of Mexico City markets, or you're going to spend days biking Cape Cod's coastal trails, you want to take the time to look around. And like you said, referencing the international aspect, if you're going you might as well make the best of it. I love that you have beach escapes and mountain retreats and city tours and uh, being off the grid. There are pages like strewn throughout the book where I want to go to every museum you mentioned, Mm -hmm. right? And there are so many beautiful highlights, but take us away a couple of places just that come top of mind or the last place you've been um, so that we can Mm -hmm. take a, a virtual vacation for a moment. Would you? Absolutely. I mean, this time of year, I'm always thinking about fall foliage. So Vermont is the quintessential destination for me this time of year. What I love is there's so much beauty there and there's so much to see and do. One of my favorite, favorite things is the Causeway, which is a 23 mile 
scenic bike ride. It's round trip, 23 miles, but it's not a hard 23 miles. My husband did it on a healing broken foot, if that gives you a sense of how hard it is. Um, But it takes you on the strip of land out onto Lake Champlain, and you're never going to get views like this anywhere else. It's so gorgeous. And then back when you're done bike riding, there's all these microbreweries to go to or restaurants to eat at, and there's so much farm-to-table fare that they specialize in out there. So Right now, that's top of mind for me because mm. of the season that we're in. Sure. Um, but then I also have young children like you, and I'm yes. thinking of family-friendly adventures, especially that I feel safe taking my kids to right now. And one that I'm looking forward to that came to the top of my bucket list was in Quebec City. In February, they do this winter carnival where they take advantage of all the snow and the freezing cold temperatures, <laughs> and there's dog sled racing and night parades with lit up floats on the St. Lawrence River, Mm. but for the kids, there's an ice palace that they make from 300 tons of ice, and the kids climb around. It's like a frozen playground for them, and I think that's just so fun and special. It's not that hard to get to Quebec from the East Coast, and, you know, we can bring it and have adult experiences there and child-friendly ones while you're away. I have to tell you, I've been to Quebec City I happen to love that part of Canada and Toronto and uh, Halifax. Mm -hmm. Oh, and the smoked meat is worth the trip alone. (laughs) And I I love that you are so food focused, right? Because there's a French fry truck that we have to take a break for in between the ice castle, please. Uh, I mean, Quebec City offers so much like that. But the book itself is is really strewn with all of this insider information. And I I think, you know, there's a vastness to the internet today that very many of us find daunting. And so if you want a travel planner, I can't think of anyone better than National Geographic. And so I go to this book, I've started rabbit earing every page. The the book is tripled in size, although it's it's already four inches thick, right? Uh, Of everywhere I want to go, but you have all those insights and that that wonderful um, information that's been um, so well researched. If you were to go anywhere today internationally what would be your first pick think food too please Allison absolutely (laughs) and I've been struggling with what I would want to do first and because there's so much on offer in this book but one of my top ones and it's I'm kicking myself because I've actually been to Quito but I didn't know that it was the land of chocolate when I was there. So I didn't explore it through food when I was in Quito, Ecuador. I was there and, you know, did all the sites. But I'm a chocolate lover and mm. that you can go there and to the place where chocolate dates back to 3000 B.C. I mean, that's just so fun, the history of it. And then tasting fresh cacao beans and all of that that they have on offer. It's, it's gone back to my top of my bucket list to get back to Ecuador just for the chocolate tour. Okay, I've never been, but I really want to go with you. Yes, okay. let's plan it. <laughs> okay, let's plan it. I would love that. Absolutely. We are dishing on 1,000 Perfect Weekends, the new release from National Geographic. And we are virtually touring the world. Isn't it fabulous? Just until you can get there. There is more with Allison Johnson, senior editor, you and me, Chef Jamie Gwen, right after this. Don't go away.
If you've just tuned in, you're late, but it's okay. You can still get on board. We're getting the most out of our travels with National Geographic, the new release, much lauded, entitled 1,000 Perfect Weekends, is four inches thick for every travel lover, packed with innovative ideas and gorgeous photography of travel treasury. These dream escapes will allow you to get there in just a few hours or 36 for that matter, Uh, but whether you're seeking an excursion close to home or abroad, uh, this is your travel log for sure. We are dishing with Allison Johnson. She is the senior editor for National Geographic Books, and I follow at Nat Geo Books because it does take me away, like you said, from my computer, Allison, and I'm so glad to have you. Okay, I have the page number memorized. Could we please go to 428? (laughs) because as you say culinary delights abound and you have gotten into you've snuck in or you've snuck us into what I feel like is every corner of the globe from the market street stalls the food halls to the Michelin starred restaurants this is an entire chapter on food and wine and I'm embarrassed to tell you that I have not been to many of these places and that I can't Wait to go, really. Of course, you um, hire you highlight uh, Nordic cuisine um, of mm-hmm. you know from the growth of Noma and uh, Copenhagen, Denmark, which I have been to. Uh, look at the food in Laos, and I did not know there was a chestnut festival in Croatia. I've been to Croatia though; quite beautiful. Yeah, it's gorgeous, and I think people. Right now, they think Game of Thrones when it's Croatia as the yes. destination, but there's this amazing chestnut festival. It's actually in October, so it's it's happening or just happened right now. Yes, but it's the fall harvest season for them of chestnuts and mm. everything from goulash to ice cream made with chestnuts. I think that's so fun to be able to taste that and a single ingredient and how many different ways they use it there is so fantastic. I love it. And then the food markets, you list the top 10. I was counting how many I've been to. Um, I I have been to uh, the food market in uh, the food market in Denmark. I've been Mm -hmm. in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, I've been in Paris. I've been in Toronto. And I know lots of food halls in New York, but tell us about Smorgasbord. Uh, Smorgasbord is one of my favorites. It started in Brooklyn, actually, and now they have outposts in Washington, D.C. and L.A., and I love that they came to Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. which is where I'm based, so I can experience it again. But they have local 100 local vendors come out every weekend, and um, there are some that are mainstays. There are some that rotate in and out, and you have everything from lobster rolls to ice cream trucks to cookie trucks. And it's just, you just walk around and eat and eat and eat. And it's actually the place where, you know, those trendy foods like the ramen noodle burger kind of started happening. And it's just grown from there. And it's so much fun. You're right on the waterfront. So it's also beautiful. You have skyline views of the city while you're enjoying these amazing bites. So fabulous. What was the uh, criteria when you made the selections of, of these getaways or locations, locales that made the book. I'd love to know. Uh, so many of them are breathtaking. And we know that, you know, there is so much beauty in the world. Um, but how did they qualify? 
Sure. I mean, beauty was certainly a factor. We wanted these to be gorgeous celebrations of the world around us, but we also wanted to find experiences that can be had in a short amount of time. So, you know, you feel like you got the richest experience possible in one weekend, that you're there for a Saturday and Sunday and can fit a lot in without exhausting yourself, without overexerting your itinerary and running around like a madman. But really be able to have authentic experiences in 48 to 72 hours in these places. We also wanted to have a diversity of locations and diversity of types of trips. So we have our food and wine chapter for those people who travel, like my husband and I do, where we want to Mm -hmm. eat our way through a city. But you also have beach vacations, mountain getaways, family-friendly trips, pet-friendly trips. So we wanted to speak to every type of traveler out there and find weekend getaways that are fit for them. Um, Where we don't have full itineraries, we have those top ten lists like the food markets where we're going to tell you if this is the exact thing you're looking for, be it a food market, uh, a food tour, the best museums, the best. LGBTQ-friendly destinations. We put top 10 lists in there, so we're really narrowing down what experience are you looking for that we can provide. Yeah, it's fabulous. I have to tell you, this book is extraordinarily all-inclusive, too. So whether you have kids or you are, we use the word wise instead of senior in my family, whether you are wise and looking for something a little more low-key, you talk about enabled adventures as well for those that might have challenges. I, I think that it is so beautifully compiled. There is something for everyone in um, one thousand perfect weekends. I could spend a week at, an, at a weekend at a vineyard or a winery or multiple wineries. I could tell you every weekend if it was possible. And cheers to the whites and the reds and the roses and the bubblies that you've searched out. I love that you talk a lot about um, Paso. Um, I'm a Southern California girl, as I think you know. And um, mm-hmm. you talk about Napa without crowds in Paso Robles. And there yeah. are so many beautiful and delicious places. Paso has grown. I've been um, over the years so extensively. But then to go to vineyards in Switzerland, in Uruguay, mm-hmm. I have sipped and savored in Chile. Uh, these are just these are just wine lover. Uh, fines, really. Yeah, and I think, you know, the beauty of that is it's alternative to the Napa Valley, to, you know, Bordeaux, where people know to go to those destinations, and they shouldn't be missed. But here are alternatives to that. One of my favorites is actually Traverse City in Michigan, because Hmm. it lies just below the 45th parallel, which is the same um, latitude as Bordeaux, as the Willamette Valley in Oregon, and as Rhone in France. And so you're getting the same quality of wine and grape because of that climate, but it's not in the expected place to find it. And so you're finding these off-the-beaten path destinations to have similar experiences, less crowds, mm. less over-expensive experiences as well. Sure. And it could be even closer for you to get to if you're not able to go as far away as you used to in the past. Well, kudos to you and thank you because you've given all of us so much to look forward to, I feel. Uh, The book is absolutely chock full of innovative travel ideas and alluring images that will take you away. So start planning. 
a thousand perfect weekends, 1,000 perfect weekends from National Geographic features a thousand dream escapes from sunny beach retreats to small town charmers to the mountain getaway. If you're looking for off the grid spots for adrenaline junkies, for those that need a little R&R, that's me, from over 40 countries around the world. This is the way that you can spend 36 to 72 hours in the dreamiest place in your opinion for that travel escape. Uh, The book is compiled by senior editor Allison Johnson with the support of countless contributors, and it offers 19 notable years worth of weekend exploration. And it really is uh, an an absolutely brilliant compilation. So congratulations, Allison. And thank you once again for sharing great getaways around the globe. Well, thank you. And thank you for having me. I hope, I truly hope this book gets people out there and exploring again, because there's so much to see and do. No doubt. Definitely so. And thank you. You have a welcome invitation after your next trip or many trips back to share with us your travel experience, what you ate and drank, please. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can follow Allison's uh, beautiful travel escapades uh, at Allie Wren, A-L-L-Y-R-E-N, dot edits. Is that correct, Allison? Did I get it That's right? correct, yes. Allie yep. Wren dot edits. And then, of course, follow Nat Geo because National Geographic still uh, the leader in travel worldwide at Nat Geo Books, N-A-T-G-E-O-B-O-O-K-S. I'm going back to reading so I can find my First of a thousand perfect weekends, Allison. Thank you. (laughs) And there's more delicious conversation in your radio. I got tongue tied because I'm excited to go to Mexico City to travel, to eat, and drink. So grab a snack and come on back. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Don't go away. This is where informative, entertaining, and delicious conversation abounds. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. As seen on CNN, loved by critics, and set to release at the end of this month, there's a new cookbook for families featuring real-life recipes from great chefs in 30 countries around the world. It's what they cook for their kids. So cool, right? And moms like me and daddies too are getting a glimpse of what parents that double as professional chefs serve to their children. And I love this book. It's also for the culinary curious because let me tell you, the recipes are inspired and fabulous. And I am delighted that Joshua David Stein is here to dish. 
He is a restaurant critic, a food journalist, a children's book author, and an editor, in fact. He has co-written food books and children's books, and he is a contributing editor to Fatherly, the leading digital media brand for dads, and he joins us live from Brooklyn. I'm so glad to have you, Joshua. Welcome. This had to be a really fun project. It was a fun project. (laughs) Um, It's also a project that was born out of necessity. Because I have two <laughs> young sons who are seven and nine. And um, as much as I love food and I love to cook, they would not eat anything I made. <laughs> and I got tired of ordering. Um, yeah, and it's smart. But you dug a little deeper, and I love that. I love the personal stories from these best-known chefs. And you can tell, for all of us that love food, they share love through food for their children, which are definitely the most discerning diners, right? You talk about backlash with your kids. My son is too young for backlash. He'll, he'll eat anything right now, but I know the time is coming. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of... My, my take on it a little bit is that a lot of it has to do with food, but so much of it also has to do with the dynamics of the relationship outside of what's actually on the plate. I think for me food became, with my older son in particular, um, a place for him to assert his independence, um, which, of course, you know, I want him to be independent, but I also want him to be fed. Right. And <laughs> that caused a lot of um, <laughs> tension. Yes. And I think that what was interesting about, you mentioned those other side stories, that they come across in the head notes and the sidebars of the book, is that... I'm not alone in struggling with that, and even the world's greatest chefs also struggle with that. And I guess, see, that that's kind of normal, and they're not, it's not so personal to have those kind of struggles. Sure. I, th- I think it's a wonderful reality check, and there is um, certainly a way to relate in all of it, right? I there, there's an empathy in it. Um, I feel your pain because, I, as I mentioned, I, I know it's coming. Um, but to read from the best chefs in the world, I have a very dear chef friend who's very high up, and I speak about him often. Um, but he used to talk about how his kid would only eat peanut butter and jelly. So he yeah. searched out like the best peanut butter anywhere, right? And he made homemade jelly because he was committed to the fact that if this is all you're going to eat, at least I'm going to make it gourmet. Now... Um, There is a a moose boil-up and a kangaroo tail recipe. Yeah. I I might not make those for dinner, albeit I'm very impressed that those chefs are feeding their kids well, but I can't wait to make the roast chicken with noodles in Asian style from the UK chefs. Yeah, I think um, the recipes are from around the world, so naturally um, it was the Australian chef with the kangaroo tail, which you can substitute oxtail. Yes. If you are interested. Thank you. And the moose boil-up is from a Newfoundland chef, uh, Jeremy Charles. Mm-hmm. And that was something that he makes for his daughter after he goes hunting. Um, but it's a way for him to use that um, that protein or that animal, really, and mm. teach his family about what it means to hunt. So, you know, there's lessons sort of embedded in all of these dishes. Yes. As there are for civilian parents, too, of course. There is a beauty to cooking for and with your kids. And you have, um, you have compiled all of it. And between two 
hard covers front and back really created a, a beautiful compilation of recipes that we would never otherwise uh, been able uh, well, to try and taste and share. So thank you. Well, you said something that I really liked. You said, I felt good about myself when you read that head note. And yes. To me, that's like basically how I, that's what I want parents mm. to have a hard time and being a parent's hard. It is. Um, no I doubt. want them to read this, get, there's a hundred wonderful recipes for their kids, but also I hope there's validation and support. Mm. Well, you've done so. So kudos to you. Another successful book from author Joshua David Stein. It is called Cooking for Your Kids. And you can pre-order now on Amazon. It is already a buzz. And the book is just beautifully put together. It's called Cooking for Your Kids. The author, once again, Joshua David Stein. Check it out. And of course, you can follow Joshua and his daily kid escapades. Uh, uh, on Instagram at Joshua David Stein. Joshua, it was a pleasure. Thank you for sharing your passion. And once again, congrats. Thank you so much. I yes. appreciate it. And so that brings us to the end of another hour of gastronomic inspiration, travel planning, oh, and so much more. I hope that I delighted your palate and that you will tune in in the weeks and months and if I'm so graced, years to come every weekend for lots more fabulous food. I always like to leave you with my last bite, my last ounce or tidbit of um, culinary conversation for the week. And if you're ready for some football, I love a football party almost as much as the football, then I have a new wing recipe for you. Oh, yes. Do you know agrodolce? You have to sort of roll the G. It is um, actually an Italian term. For a sweet and sour sauce, really. Um, and I happen to have a very tart palate and a very sweet palate. How about you? Well, combine the two together and you get what is, I think, one of the most exquisite sauces just about anywhere in the world. Well, you take that agrodolce sauce and you throw it over grilled or roasted chicken wings and oh yes, this is actually a spin on the traditional, but I combine white balsamic vinegar with sugar and crushed red pepper flakes. It is a three ingredient wonder. You simmer the sauce till it thickens. You cook the wings as you like, and then you toss them and dig in. I am going to post the recipe on social media now at Chef Jamie Gwen on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And so I hope that you steal it and love it. And I hope that your team wins. And I will meet you here next weekend when I guarantee there is so much more delectable to share. I hope that you stay healthy. Once again, I thank you for listening. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off. And I hope you continue to eat well. Well.